Welcome to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Here you will find a variety of podcasts from authors, bloggers, and speakers ready to encourage you on your daily journey. I can't wait to get started. And now let's listen to today's show. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join me, Katie Glennon, on the Literary Cafe podcast, where I share helpful tips and ideas to teach language arts, literature, and writing. My hope is for you to be able to walk away excited to try some new ideas in your own homeschool. Please visit me on my website, literarycafepodcast.com, for these ideas and resources to help you enjoy your homeschool journey. Hi, and welcome to the Literary Cafe Podcast. I'm Katie Glennon, your host, and I'm so glad that you joined me today for discussing fun ways to engage your reluctant readers. Please remember, if you haven't already done so, to subscribe to our podcast at iTunes so that you don't miss any of our topics. If you haven't listened to our other podcasts about having fun with Shakespeare and poetry, I encourage you to make sure you listen to those because, yes, you can have fun with those, as well as what to study for all those different areas of language arts for middle, for elementary school, middle school, and high school, as well as grammar. How do you tackle grammar? Do you have to know how to diagram in order to teach and learn grammar? So once you've subscribed to iTunes, let me know with a rating. If you find these podcasts helpful at all in your homeschool, I'd love to see uh, any suggestions. And also make sure that you share them with others using the share buttons on the website at Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network with my podcast, Literary Cafe Podcast, where you'll also find not only the podcasts and show pages, but show notes where you'll find resources, links, and handouts filled with lots of information to help you in your homeschool. So I encourage you to take a look at all those valuable show notes. So let's get started. Before we start tackling the idea of a reluctant reader, I want to just add that you want to make sure that your reluctant reader at a certain age, does not have some kind of a learning challenge where this challenge is preventing them from even enjoying the reading process at all. I had one that did have some learning challenges uh, with reading because it actually started with speech therapy and dyslexia. And once we overcame them, the reading became a lot easier and a little bit more more enjoyable, and it wasn't such a challenge. So around eight or nine, you want to see if your child has shown absolutely no interest in reading, is still having transversals in their writing, is really acting like reading is a struggle and is torture. You want to make sure that you check to see if there aren't any learning challenges. Now, once you've tested for that and you know that there aren't any um, and you really don't feel like there are and it's just a reluctant reader, then we can go ahead and look at ways to overcome this reluctance. 
Before we move into that, I'd like to encourage you, though, from an early age to develop language skills using books with rhyme, rhythm, and repetition, and reading the same books over and over again for at least 15 to 20 minutes per day with all of your children. We usually built reading into a framework or a routine from a very young age into our day. So we would have reading during our homeschool hours, obviously, where if we were studying something in science or history, we would read books together about topics having to do with those areas, as well as just a general reading time for literature as they got older. I would do the reading and then they, we would have a discussion together as well as as they got older, they would be reading independently. But it was built into our day. We also had more of an enjoyable reading time together that was more of a free reading. After lunch and before a quiet time or a nap time, where we would have some fun books to read together, then my guys would go into their rooms on their beds and they would bring in books or listen to books on tape or CDs, or just follow along with a book on an audio tape or CD. And they were allowed to do this as long as they stayed on their bed so that we could all have an hour of either a nap or quiet time. And then again, toward the end of the day, after dinner and bath, we would have a 30-minute free, fun reading time together on the couch where they would pick out books where I would read with them before bedtime. And then at night, they had, a, they had a routine where they would choose books that they wanted to read, and they would bring them to bed with them and read every night. So reading really became built into the structure of our day. Now, to foster the love for reading, or at least to overcome the outright dislike, <laughs> here are some things to try so that when your child has to read on his or her own during the day, there won't be quite as much resistance. And this is how you can wet their feet and warm them up to the idea. So take turns reading. And here you can start out doing most of most or all of the reading by yourself um, and they're just listening. And then as your child becomes familiar with the story, with repetitive lines, because remember we're looking for books that are going to have some sort of rhythm, repetition, maybe even some rhyming. And then once they get familiar with those repetitive lines, they can recite the repetitive lines each time they appear in the story. So now they're actually participating in the reading process. And that is a harmless, uh, a, a painless way. And they um, sometimes don't even realize that they're actually now part of the reading process because it's going to come naturally to them. Um, it also builds their confidence because they can see that they're actually able to participate in the reading process. And then from there, you can move into maybe having them reading every other or every few sentences with you and alternating and taking turns. And then maybe every other page or a couple of pages and letting them select their favorite parts to read or favorite page to read. Something that we added into our reading process, especially with my reluctant reader, was, and, and this always helped if there were different kinds of characters or even animals in the story, 
was to take on voices and to come up with different voices for different characters and really have fun with it. And it made the process a lot more fun and interesting and less of a chore to get through. Another thing that we did was we always read in different locations. We used to read on our couch, of course, on the floor. Then we might be outside in the yard on a swing, on a blanket in the backyard, or maybe a picnic lunch at the park and reading on a blanket at the park. We used to make forts out of blankets and chairs or tables in our family room, and we'd bring in flashlights or a play or a camping lantern with sleeping bags or more blankets and pillows. And we it sounds like a lot of work, but we really had some fun, and it made the reading process fun with them. We would bring maybe a snack. Sometimes we would pitch a tent in the backyard and do this. We also included a lot of different activities along with our reading. And one of those types of activities is cooking. And I had a son, as I said, who was my more reluctant reader, but he loved cooking. He loved mixing up things in a bowl and baking. So we might read a book that was centered around food or a food item or had cooking in it. And after we finished reading that book, we would then cook that item or something similar in the book. Sometimes books will even have recipes in the back included for you to use. And an example might be for my son, he, for some reason he really enjoyed Hedgehog Bakes a Cake by Marianne McDonald. And these kinds of books and activities are all listed in the show notes as well as links provided and lists in the handout that I've provided on this page. So this book had a yellow cake recipe and my guy enjoyed, for some reason, loved making this cake and then sharing it with others. And he was actually quite excited to read the book just because of that. And there are plenty of books to choose from, from early readers to your older learners, where even if they are reading or you're reading together as a family, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Turkish Delight is featured, or maybe The Hobbit, and you can have some Hobbit food, or you have an older learner with Lord of the Rings, and they want to put together some kind of second breakfast from that story. And you might think, well, what does cooking have to do with reading? Well, it includes a lot of valuable reading skills, such as comprehension, following directions, which can be challenging, and attention to detail, because you really have to look at the details in following the directions. So the cooking process is a great extension of the reading process after you've read the book. I've included, as I said, a list of websites that have suggested book titles and recipes that go along with them to get you started. Another thing that you can do is use manipulatives or story props that your child can work with their hands in listening to the story and following along with the story or use to retell the story afterwards. Now, these would be great for your younger learners to capture their interest and keep them interacting with the story. And it really is great for your wiggle worms that may be sitting there and having a hard time. So these include printables that can be cut out and made into felt pieces to play with or even put onto a felt board that you can easily make. 
or print out on paper and then cut them out, glue them onto cardstock and make them more sturdy. They can also um, be like sequence story cards where you can retell the story. But then the cutouts that are really characters from the story or important pieces of the story, they can be used to retell the story. Or they can also be used and made into puppets where you can cut them out and then glue them onto craft sticks or straws or paper bags. There are also mini books that you can print out and then put together and some of those come in color or black and white and you can have your learner uh, color them in if they want to. And it's usually a simplified version of a story that you might have read together. And then your learner can then, after putting this, helping you put this book together, can then read the story back to you from this simpler version. And I, again, I've included the websites with lots of printables for you. There's one website that has probably around 100 different printables that you can print off for 100 different stories. And uh, the stories are excellent. They include such things as the Very Hungry Caterpillar to retell. Um, and there's another one called The Mitten which is a fun story about what happens when animals find a mitten out in the cold, wintry forest. And then one by one, they try to squeeze into that mitten. And then there's a lot of different fun, interactive stories along those lines, including the great big enormous turnip, where, where an older man tries to pull a turnip out that he's planted in his garden. And then pretty soon, one at a time, more and more villagers come to help him pull the turnip out of the ground. And then there's also a book like There Was an Old Pirate Who Swallowed a Fish and another one that I'm sure you've heard of called If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Now that title leads me to the next kind of book that captures children's interest in reading. And that is called The Circular Story. The Circular Story, like I said, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, it's an example of where the story starts in one place, for instance, giving a mouse a cookie, which leads to one thing, which leads to another thing, and then so on, until it, the story leads back to where you started, giving the mouse another cookie. So for some reason, kids really love these kinds of stories. And Laura, Laura Numeroff is the author of the Give a Mouse a Cookie book, as well as if you give a mouse give a moose a muffin and give a pig a pancake as well as a, a whole list of others and then there's another list that I've included with other types of circular stories that the kids will enjoy and then speaking of which these particular ones that I've mentioned they all include food and again there's another reason for cooking and then they can follow the recipe these books all have a pattern and a, re a repetition and predictability to the story that encourages your child to anticipate the next word or phrase. And then they can easily read and participate in it. It also includes rhythm and some repetition where it, your child can then practice fluency in the reading process. And that fluency is a pattern of reading the sentences and coming to a stop and then reading again and then being able to read fluidly 
as well without stopping and starting and stopping and starting and sounding out the words. That also gives them a degree of confidence and ease and they start to enjoy the process because they're able to do it more easily. So that the idea here is to give them opportunities to shine and enjoy it and not make it a struggle. There, another way to engage your students is by using fun, expected, unexpected stories. Okay, so humor is a great motivator, and it's a great way to engage your learners. And there are some great books that will just naturally capture their interest using humor. And I've suggested a number of books as well as some that my guys have really enjoyed. And some of these books that you might consider might be more like a fractured fairy tale, like The Three Little Pigs, where it's told from the wolf's point of view, or a retelling of Humpty Dumpty, where there's the unexpected twist of the story is, or the nursery rhyme or story is now being told as a quest to find out who pushed Humpty Dumpty off the wall. So these are unexpected twists to a story. Mo Williams also has books, and as I said, I've listed all of these down for you, has books like Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus, or There is a Bird on Your Head. Very kid humor, and they really enjoy it. Doreen Cronin also has a series of books where the farmer leaves his farm for a few days and the animals get into mischief. And a couple of those books are Click Clack Moo, Cows That Type, and Giggle Giggle Quack, Duck for President. And so you can just hear from the titles that this would be something that would appeal to uh, children's sense of humor. Some others that my guys have been always enjoyed and listening to and reading over and over again is The Hoboken Chicken Emergency, as well as the African trickster tales of Anansi, where Anansi is a spider and he tries to play tricks on the other animals um, in Africa, but somehow they always kind of come back to bite him. <laughs> to bite him. And uh, the trick is on him. And so it is very unexpected. And one of the favorites that they always enjoyed was Anansi and the Moss-Covered Rock. So I encourage you to try to look some of those up as well. And again, use the animal voices and different voices for different characters. Some other activities to glow along with the books other than cooking and manipulatives might be projects where your kids can make things pertaining to the story out of Legos, or salt dough, or other crafty items, or go on field trips, especially if it includes like animals that they might find at the zoo, the county fair, or a farm. And you might want to read books about different seasons or holidays that are near. For example, there are plenty of books about apples and pumpkins, and you can visit an apple orchard or pumpkin farm. You can tie in the cooking with the apples and the pumpkins. Um, books about fall can include a, something about fall leaves, and you can include arts or crafts that can, you can make things out of leaves. And I've included links to some fall fun um, book selections and activity ideas, and you can click on it to go to a page for a printable for a fall scavenger hunt 
for items that you might read about in the book and about fall. And then you can go outside and look for those items, um, maybe at a park or on a nature walk or a hike that you take, and then cross them off on your scavenger hunt. Now, adding purpose to your reading, like connecting what you've seen or read about in a book or story to what you can actually see in real life captures readers' interest because now it's personal to them when they can experience it themselves. Have you ever noticed how excited they get when they see something in a book or on TV and then when they're out and about with you, they point it out to you in real life? And that's what we're doing here with these kinds of books. Another example might be with The Very Hungry Caterpillar. You can save that book for the spring and then or, and then at the very beginning of the spring, you can order a butterfly habitat where they supply you with the caterpillars, the habitat for the butterfly and directions, and you can hatch your own butterfly. We did that, and it was a fascinating process, watching the caterpillar and the chrysalis, and then breaking out of it and turning into a butterfly, and then the butterfly getting ready to fly away. That would add a whole new meaning to reading a book such as The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Another suggestion would be to listen to audiobooks after you've read the story together or have your child follow along with a book that goes along with an audio. Visit the library and some bookstore and craft times um, where they have story times for free and they usually have some sort of craft involved. Have your child read to his or her dolls, stuffed animals, younger siblings, or even pets. And some local animal shelters might even have a program where your children will be allowed to come in and read to the animals there. Some animal shelters have started a program where kids come in and read to animals that have become kind of despondent, waiting to be adopted. And they've noticed that when the children come to read to these animals, the animals become more engaged whenever they have visitors come by to see them. And then they become more easily adopted. So that might be something if you have some animal lovers and a local animal shelter that would allow you to do that. I think that would motivate a reluctant animal lover reader. <laughs> so now for your older children, some activities might include reading the book and then watching the movie and then noticing the differences and discussing what they thought about those differences. And we'll be getting into a lot more ideas of getting the older kids involved in the reading process in my next podcast when we discuss out-of-the-box book report ideas. They won't even know that they're doing a book report. You can count it as school, and they'll think they're just having fun. And it will help engage them in the reading process and have more fun with the reading process. Another idea might be to start or join a book club for your older readers. And you can read a book together, discuss it, or act, do activities or go on field trips together that are maybe centered around the theme of the book. And then at the end of the book, you might want to have a party together where you all dress up as characters from the book, play games that have to do with the theme from the book, and maybe eat some food that, have, that, that was mentioned or maybe is in line with the theme of the book. Or even have a movie night. Watch the movie together about that book and print off tickets and pop popcorn and have some real fun with it. 
Another thing that you can try, which I did with my guys for certain areas, reading included, was some kind of an incentive. And there are a number of incentive programs out there. And they're mostly up through grade six. So, and again, I've included a list with links for you to look through to see if you find that one, one that interests you. And I'm a big believer in not bribing my learners, but once in a while when they're really having a struggle or an extra challenge with something and it's become a real total turnoff, I will use a number of motivations. And incentives can be productive when you use them in a certain way. When I was working through the Hooked on Phonics program with my challenged reader, we used their incentive tracking chart where you would place stars at milestones on the picture of a path. And if my son completed what I worked with him on for the week, we went to the dollar store on Friday for a prize. And my other son, his challenge was math work. So we kind of did the same thing. But for both of them, we emphasized the attitude and the effort in completing those tasks. It just made it a more enjoyable task instead of a dreaded chore. There's everything that I've listed here for incentive programs from the Book It program from Pizza Hut for a monthly free personal pan pizza, which we loved, and we would go to Pizza Hut and join some other homeschoolers for dinner or lunch, to programs from Barnes & Noble during the summertime, to Chuck E. Cheese and Six Flags, to a website called Reading Rewards, where instead of just setting up your own paper poster kind of chart with stickers, you can set up one online where you can enter what you want your child to do and then set up rewards for them. Now the last suggestion, and it's really for the you know upper elementary um, kids, is and and then beyond is really kind of selecting their interests um, or some topics that you know that they might find engaging. So far, we've kind of emphasized the earlier younger younger ages. So now this is for your really upper elementary and up. So there are adventure books that they might enjoy. And um, there are also some books where they can draw in the actual book to keep them engaged and interacting with the story. And I've got a list again with links to these kinds of books. So there are Doodle Adventure and Draw It Yourself Adventure books, which allow your children to draw things in designated areas in the story that will assist the characters along the story. Also, there are Choose Your Own Adventure series, Choose Your Own Story Minecraft series, and Choose History series that allows your reader to choose where the story leads for the characters in very specific places in the story. They're given options of what or where the characters should go next, and then depending upon what choice they've made, it would tell them what page to continue reading on in order to continue the story. And those are throughout the entire story till the end. So that every time they read it, it's a different story with different um, options. And when I was teaching in the classroom, this was an absolute favorite from free reading time, especially for my reluctant readers. They would always gravitate toward these kinds of books. 
Now, if um, my guys were reluctant to read on their own, there were a number of things that we did where we visited the library weekly, where they would pick out a few books that um, caught their interest. And at least one of these books was then used for free reading time. As I said, during that quiet reading time that we would have uh, during the middle of the day or at um, bedtime, they would put that, they, they would read that book if they didn't already read some of it during the day. So there would be some sort of required free reading time um, to get them, you know, into that book. It didn't take much though, because they did pick something out that interested them. Now, these books could come with audios. They could be comic graphic style books with my approval magazines and if I saw them taking a special interest in a certain magazine a subscription to that magazine always made a great Christmas present um, classical stories or other quality books I would save for when we would read together and then also for high school but there were a few that I started uh, that were suited for the younger ages and they enjoyed listening to one or two of the first ones in the series. And then they started reading them on their own. And those were books like the Narnia series, uh, The Hobbit with, and the Tolkien series, and then Mark Twain. And they would start reading those on their own. Another idea is you can also start a book that you think your child would enjoy and then stop at the most exciting point in the story to the where they're going to really want to know what finds out they really want to know what and find out what happens next and um, stop there and then can them the book and have them read the rest of the book on their own so that they can find out what happens next and then other um, books of high interest for your reluctant reader might be themes again as I said about topics they enjoy such as sports-minded Readers might enjoy Matt Christopher books. Adventure outdoor survival enthusiasts might enjoy the Gary Polson series. Jean Craighead George has a um, series starting with My Side of the Mountain. And again, I have these all listed for you in a handout that you can print out. Mystery lovers might like the Alfred Hitchcock series, The Three Investigators, that was written for children. Um, it's not scary, but it is interesting. And they've come out with more recent versions of it written by other authors uh, with the same characters. Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys are always classics, but there's plenty of others on the list that I've included. Funny books are, de are definite, such as Judy Bloom's Fudge series that starts with the tales of a fourth grade nothing. And even the most reluctant reader is going to be engaged in those, I think, over and over again. I had, as I said, a reluctant reader who read those books time and time again, and I let him read through the whole series a couple of times, and then he was ready to move on. So I hope that these ideas have helped you um, get your wheels turning in ways that you might be able to get your reader to um, overcome their reluctance in reading and that they improve to be invaluable for this pursuit. Now, remember, it's very common, but we can overcome this challenge and have it at least become a tolerable and even somewhat enjoyable activity. If we approach it as one that can be a fun activity 
instead of a chore that needs to happen. And I had mentioned for the older learners, I'm going to have some more activity ideas to go along with reading in another podcast, which is next month in October, where I'll be giving you outside the box type ideas for the what we usually call the dreaded and boring book reports. And we're going to look at what kinds of fun activities we can do when reading a book for this age. And we can call it a book report and call it school, but we don't have to tell them that. (laughs) They'll just be having fun. We'll be doing everything from coming up with ideas for baking and decorating a cake centered around a book to creating a game board. And I've had kids in classes and even in my own home where they weren't that excited about the idea of doing kind of a schoolwork activity around a book, but because of the types of choices of activities they could choose from and completing the activity, it was a lot more enjoyable and they actually got excited about doing the activity. So stay tuned next month for that podcast. And so that you don't forget, remember to subscribe to this podcast to keep up with these ideas and so that you don't miss our next episode and make sure to share them with your fellow homeschoolers. And if you have any ideas or comments that you want to share in the comments box, I would love to hear your ideas and get a conversation going about ways that we can get our reluctant readers engaged in the reading process and maybe even enjoy it. So thanks again for listening. And I look forward to our next podcast in October. And until then, enjoy your homeschool journey. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to visit me at literarycafepodcast.com for this podcast and others and at katieshomeschoolcottage.com for even more ideas and resources for you to use in your homeschool journey. podcast is a production of the ultimate homeschool radio network subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play or any of your favorite podcast apps look for the ultimate homeschool radio show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts for a special subscriber printable pack as well as all our timely freebies join our email list on the ultimate homeschool radio network.com